All Stars in Transit, where we talk travel to all stars, the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. Travel is our common passion, and we'd like to share with you our stories, tips, and recommendations. I'm your host, Abby, and this week, our guest is Michelle, who is with Super App Marketing. Welcome to All Stars in Transit, Michelle. Hey, Abby. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me today. I'm so happy that you're here. Quite excited to have another of our like prominent all-stars who has played such a big role, especially during the pandemic. I think we saw a lot of you on our workplace chats, which is our internal kind of broadcasting platform, I would say. Before anything else, I'd like to ask you, Michelle, how long have you been in AirAsia and in what roles? Okay, so this is my seventh year, lucky wow. number seven. Um, actually, I've had, um, I think, around three roles before. So I first came in in PR, public relations, um, and then I've moved over to internal comms, whereby you were mentioning I was doing a lot of content from home during the pandemic. So the roles have kind of shifted because right now, instead of being the one interviewing people, I'm being interviewed. So I'm hoping that I can live up to your expectations. And lastly, I'm in marketing uh, under the super app uh, vertical. What got you to this role, this new role? And when did you start? Um, I think being in internal comms kind of like opened up a lot of doors for me and Joyce. Joyce was my counterpart and we had a lot of options out there, social media, marketing, different, different roles. Eventually, we decided to break up. Uh, she pursued branding and I pursued marketing. And the reason why I chose marketing was because it was the one component where I felt like I haven't really dived into yet. I didn't really know numbers and stuff. So I just wanted to challenge myself before it's too late. And here I am. How are you finding your new role? It's definitely what I signed up for. A lot of stuff I actually didn't know. So it's really learning on a day-to-day -day basis and um, being able to have um, a team working together. That's quite fun as well because you're working with different personalities. And yeah, we're just trying to make things work. So can you tell me about this habits and rituals that you have that surround your personal travels? Okay, so before I start, um, I wanted to know, Abby, is birthdays like a big thing for you? Oh no, I actually don't like celebrating my birthday and remembering that I am older and I tend to downplay it. I don't tell people about it. So like if they remember, great. If you don't remember, I don't mind because I'm not telling people about it. Okay, so when's your birthday? I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying my luck. But yeah, actually, it's the same for me. Um, I'm pretty low-key about my birthdays. Um, reason being, it's because of when my birthday is. So I'm actually a New Year's baby, 1st of January. And yes, the usual um, reaction would be like, wow, girl, your birthday is on New Year's and stuff like that. But I think since when I was um, probably pretty young, um, there's fireworks, there's family gatherings, making a barbecue and stuff like that. Yes. But everyone is here to celebrate New Year's, not your birthday. So I guess like that novelty or excitement kind of like uh, wore down over the years. So I tend to become like not too like excited about birthdays. It's just like, okay, it's just another day kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but 
how did that translate into um, my travel habits was I was in Osaka when I was 19 and I was actually in the onsen. I was just chilling. Wow. And I just waited until it turned midnight and I was 20. In and the onsen? Yeah, in the onsen. So it was really weird because um, there wasn't like a festival or there wasn't a fireworks. It, it could be that year they weren't celebrating something for for a certain reason or maybe the area that I was in they did not practice New Year countdown probably so I just went back to the capsule hotel went down to um, the onsen um, level and just basically just soaked and turned into a raisin while I turned 20. <laughs> yeah, so I think when, when I was 20, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm in an onsen, first time in Japan. I'm going to make my 20s like a travel birthday ritual tradition kind of a thing. So it became like a travel tradition in that sense. Oh, that's really cool. But was this your first time in an onsen though? So it's my first time in Japan, first time in an onsen, and first time turning 20, like going into my 20s. So a lot of firsts, I think maybe that's why I was like, okay, let's just do it. A few days ago, I was talking to some colleagues and we were talking about our onsen or sento public bath experience. And it's always kind of something that you will remember, especially if you're not used to it. So coming from a different culture and going into an onsen or a sento, it is one of these things that you will remember from your trip and then it will kind of mark you because the shock of it probably <laughs> is, yeah. so, is so strong that it like changes the way you see people and, and bodies and culture and, you know, habits of different people. So that probably is one of the things that brought you to this conclusion. Yes, and probably the tiny teensy towel that they give you that doesn't cover anything <laughs> doesn't not, really help. It's not supposed to cover anything. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's like they just put it over their heads because you don't know where to put it, no? And you're not supposed to put it in the water. Oh, but that's wonderful. So what happened the following year? Um, so I don't really remember the sequence anymore, but my goal was to be in a different city um, during New Year's, uh, every birthday. So uh, Osaka, Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur, KK, Kotakina Balu. Um, I was also in Nottingham. I was studying there for a bit. Uh, and then Taiwan, Bangkok, Singapore, and we had two years of COVID. So that's pretty much my 20s. And yes, I'm in my 30s now. Yes, you can probably calculate. But you don't look or feel old, right? Thank you. I'll try. Always forever young. If we go back to your original birthday trip, were there other things that became habits or became part of your travel ritual? Mm, I think it's more of I realized pivoting from going to hotspots like attractions to collecting experiences because I, I realized that when you look back at, uh, at a trip what you remember is pockets of moments and for me I think that's experiences um, so not particularly, I mean, yeah, we could go to a cathedral looking at, you know, the rays of sunshine and things like that. But I'll remember like certain pockets of stuff that I, I will do during that trip. So, for example, being an onsen is an experience. For sure. Yeah. So I think that's where I pick up different, different parts. And I realized that that's how my travel habit kind of like changed. It's no longer like following a set of itinerary. It's just more of like just doing random things. Mm. But random, but they are activities. Can you give us more examples? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I would say I think my recent trip in Japan again is Japan. <laughs> um, I went with Joyce. Yes, oh. my duo. Uh, we went to Tokyo in September 2022. So that's right after when、um, Japan announced its opening and stuff, and we just immediately got our tickets. Wow! And we just left. And I think what made this slightly different was we have both been Tokyo a few times, so we weren't really like looking for the attractions, the usual stuff. We wanted to do more like. Random activities. So I think there's three things that I can pick up. Number、mm. one is sitting on a steam train. So steam train, imagine like Hogwarts, you know? Yeah, I was that, thinking Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Harry Potter, like that train, like with the choo choo, like super loud, and the suit. Oh, you know, just dropping、oh, no. onto your foot. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. That that that's an experience.、Um, I think secondly was、uh, to get to the place where the steam train was. We had to overnight in a city. And we actually chose like an accommodation that was pretty like a tradition, traditional like a ryokan or some sort.、Mm, yes. So the owner actually has a bar slash cafe, and he also has like a little shed. He's selling、um, glasses. Glasses. Yeah, like that they made themselves. Yeah, so it's like local artists. He he kind of like、nice. sucks. Uh, let that space out to like a local artist who sells glasses,、ah. and he also had like a little small section、um, that sells books. Wow, this is so eclectic. You have、yeah. glasses, you have books, and then you have the cafe bar. Yeah, cafe bar. The ryokan. Yeah,、uh-huh. and then so we stayed in the bookshop. So he actually turned、um, some of the bookshelves into bunk beds. Wow! So that was quite an experience. So like going back to the the concept of experience. Experience can be the things that you do. It could be the accommodation that you stayed in. So I could say that I actually slept in a bookshop. So that's quite that's quite interesting. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah. Do you like to read books? Yeah. Oh, I did you actually look at? Okay,、uh, the they、books? are all in Japanese,、oh. so I mean, yeah. If it's in English, perfect. But the idea of sleeping in a bookstore is just so it's just so nice. Yeah, that's yeah. like a fantasy. Some people like to do this, like when museums open up for for a night at the museum, that kind of thing.、Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I would like to do that. Yeah, I'll drop you the link of the、um, the accommodation. Oh yes, please. Oh, that's wonderful. So, how do you find these kinds of places? I think it's a lot of just stumbling up upon things on social media、mm-hmm. and just like bookmarking and just thinking about like let's just do this. And I think also one thing to consider is when you're going to a city, maybe try to look for like a day trip sort of、uh, excursion and see what's out there. Because a lot of times we are just within that city. But you know, take a train out. You there's a lot of stuff out there.、Mm-hmm. So you said the steam train and staying at this place. Was there another one? Yeah, there was a third one.、Um, it was actually a walking tour, but it's with a dog. So there's this guy、um, in Tokyo. What he does is he's actually giving out walking tours. So you could pick from three locations. I think it was by the river. It was to the market or to visit. I think the temples. Yeah, so you just pick one route and he will bring you along. But the catch is you're actually walking his dog, so it's kind of like the daily routine. But he's just changing it up to becoming a walking tour. So that's pretty smart, you know. And anything with dogs in the equation, I'm sold. I see. So was it distracting having the dog around because you can't really focus on your surroundings if you're looking after the dog? I think I was very、um, excited. I love dogs. 
So I was just like all over the dog. But to be honest, I think the dog is just so used to um, people and it's it's his daily walk, right? He doesn't right. care about anyone. So he was actually a bit hoity-toity. Oh. He didn't really care about us. So we were more like, okay, let's just walk along with him. But it was nice to see how, because um, we chose the market route. So a lot of the owners were giving him like the A5 beef and stuff nice. like that. So it's interesting to see how the uh, tour walking tour guide and his dog interact with the day, the day-to-day um, community more like. Mm. So it feels very local because you get to meet Super. all these people. Oh, that's that's sweet. Do you remember what breed the dog was? Shiba Inu. Oh, of course. It's a black mini one, and I, it's I think it's a her, and her name is Coco. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. So definitely a memorable experience. Yeah. And also, like, very rare to find mm. something like that, no? But you became a glorified dog walker for a and day. And I slept in a bookshop. <laughs> and slept in a bookshop and took a steam train. It's like, wow, that's already a very complete trip. How long was the whole thing? I think that was around five or six days. Only? Yeah, ah. five or six days. Wow, that's that's quite a bit to do and also to take in. Also because I also love trains and steam trains are quite are getting rarer now mostly museum pieces or not running anymore so to have a, a line that goes that's still running regularly is quite rare these days but beautiful and very romantic super and I think in autumn it's just a different feel to it it's it's really great mm. a golden and brown everywhere how about the other birthday trips that followed? Any other experiences that are memorable from those? If there's one more trip that I'll probably remember was sitting in a cold in Taiwan and Hong Kong waiting for the fireworks. That's one. Um, I think also speaking about Taiwan would be I did like an open jaw where I came in from Taipei and left in uh, via Kaohsiung. So we actually did like a road trip down the coast. That's quite different because, you know, you not everyone would actually think of, you know, hiring a driver and doing like a coastal drive. So that was like the entire trip from Taipei to Kaohsiung. So trying different, different things, I think it's one of the stuff that I would like to do more, going in in one city and coming back out with uh, via another city. Mm, that's interesting. So you hired a driver and car. Mm-hmm. How many days was that? Four days or so? I wouldn't have thought of it because normally when I go Taiwan, it would be bus or train. So from where to where and what did you do along the way? So I actually didn't have much um, knowledge about Taiwan. I was just more like, okay, let's just try a new place. And I think the charm of it was being able to see the sea during winter is quite different. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's quite nice. And uh, we could see the Taroko Gorge, I yes, think. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was really, really pretty also. Oh, yes. If you've just joined us, you're listening to All Stars in Transit, where we talk to the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. My name is Abby, and today I'm speaking to Michelle of the Super App Marketing Team. Have you ever been unlucky on a trip? Oh no, Um, the one thing that popped up in my mind is actually in Paris. I was done with um, studies, I was just doing like my little trip before I go back to uh, Malaysia and my sister was there with me so we actually went to Paris and I think the moment when we um, landed in Paris we got scammed. 
Uh, it was actually a guy at the metro. So we wanted to purchase like, you know, like the five day pass kind of a thing. And he was wearing a lanyard. And he was saying like, okay, you know, let me just like keen for you. And oh, okay, let me just use my card first. And we thought like he was a legit, you know, like a staff of yeah. the metro. And and turns out he was just using like a car, his card to purchase just a one way ticket. So what we did was we actually paid him like five days worth of like the travel pass. Nice. Yeah, so I think that was like our first encounter with Paris. Um, not a good start, but yeah, you know, stuff like this happens. So, you know, you just got to move on. Yeah, I hope it got better after that. Yeah, definitely. Paris is is pretty, right? The architecture is amazing. So I think yeah, it's just a little bump. Charge to experience. Mm-hmm. So now do you uh, distrust people in official uniform? Um, I think you'll be a bit more cautious. And also I think one of uh, my own tip was if I could do everything online before I go over, that would really help as well. So I'll, all I got to do is just pick up the stuff and just uh, go on. I wanted to ask you whether you prefer to travel solo or mm. with a group. I have done solo traveling. Guess where? Japan. Oh, oh It's always Japan. Um, so I think that was nice to being able to just go around at your own time, doing your own thing, no particular like timings, just going with the flow. I haven't really traveled with a lot of people before, so maybe that's something I should try. Although I know it's not going to be easy. Everyone's got different personalities, you got to accommodate and stuff like that. But generally, I'm more of like solo and maybe like a duo kind of like a um, travel style. Mm, that's more manageable. I think it's nice to also have someone with you to kind of like share the experiences. That's true. And apart from that, also sharing the bill sometimes. So you get to try more food. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think when I was in Japan, I was alone. I did not speak for the entire week because there wasn't a need to, right? And I think the only time where I said something was, do you want me to take a picture? Because it was doing the cherry blossom and oh. it was like, okay, I'll just take a picture. And I realized like, oh, I haven't like used my voice for some time. It was just so weird. Um, but yeah, so sometimes it's just nicer to have someone with you. What is the most adventurous thing you've done on a trip? Adventurous. Is going to India adventurous? Yes, it's always an adventure. Where in India? Uh, so it's a open jaw again. I think I, I came in from... I went to Jaipur. Yes, lovely. And I went to Taj Mahal. What's the... Agra? Yeah, Agra. So I went to Jaipur and I went to Agra. And these two places. So in, in between just bits and bobs of certain villages. So I think that was nice. Um, adventurous. Maybe touching down in India, you could see like elephants on the road. I think that was quite cool. And when we did a pit stop in one of the villages, they were having like an annual um, festival where I think they celebrated or it was just like a gathering of camels. Wow. Yeah, so we just saw like a lot of camels everywhere and that was quite interesting to see. Yeah, that's one thing about India. It's always so many things that will surprise you and are so unusual to us, right? But how did you get from Jaipur to Agra? Uh, I hired a driver. Uh-huh. His name is Raju. I know he's such a sweet guy. He's like really petite, and he doesn't really speak English much, and he's really nice. Um, so I think 
I, you know, on a day-to-day basis, sometimes I was just wondering, like, how is Raju? Because he's really, really nice. Um, so he was the one that actually brought us, you know, hours and hours of driving every day. How did you find Raju, actually? Uh, it was a contact from a friend who actually hired uh, similar drivers before. Mm-hmm. And it was just like an agent kind of a thing. And they assigned us Raju. I see. So your itinerary was pre-planned. So before you got there, he already knew where you were going? I really had like a set plan of where I wanted to go. And I'll just pass it over to them and then they just figure it out. But he's more of like always on like a standby basis. Mm -hmm. Just driving you to where you want, no questions asked. So you know what, Raju's the best. Michelle, do you splurge on anything? I would say experiences, you know, really going back to, you know, experiences. I think we, sh- we need to take a shot for every time <laughs> I say the word experiences. But I would actually spend on that. I realize now that this is something that I don't mind forking out a little bit of money f- to spend on. Um, food, I could just grab something from the convenience store. It's mm. totally fine. But I think experience is something that you can't really replace. But that being said, you know, Spending on omakase, for example, oh, is an experience. Yes. So really, the word experience is just really loosely used. So what's on your bucket list? Um, I actually do have three that I always fall back on that I haven't really done it before yet. Um, the first one would be Bhutan, simply because oh. it's the world's happiest place. So I just really want to know, like, what's up in this city? You know how good it is, and also I want to do that hike to really see how it is. Um, so Bhutan is one of them. Um, I think being able to go into the open desert in Mongolia and just drink in the millions and millions of stars, I think that would be amazing as well. And um, maybe a road trip somewhere in an RV, kind of. I I don't know where, maybe New Zealand, because that's the usual um, destination, right? But maybe this tree, I would say. Uh, But you won't be the one driving, correct? No, (laughs) I don't think I can. So, okay, drivers wanted, if anyone is uh, available for this uh, adventure. Mm -hmm. Anybody wants to pick up some experiences, gotta take a shot again. But would you also do any extreme experiences? Would you be open to those things? Define extreme. Let's say jumping out of... An airplane, skydiving. No? Not for uh, you? I'm actually sweating already. My palms are already sweating thinking about it. Do you um, have a fear of heights? I think so, I do. Ah. But then I would have thought, since you do pole dancing, right, you would have less of a fear of heights because you're always suspended in the air. That's true, but that's not free falling. That's still like calculated falling, maybe. Right, right. Actually, can you tell us a bit more about your pole dancing since we're on the subject? The myth is, you know, it's, it's derived from strippers and stuff like that. But to be honest, it's actually a form of workout. Like, I use it as a form of workout. Um, you train your core, your abs, your upper body, your lower body. So it's my kind of a gym. And you get to dance. That's a plus point. And, you know, speaking of which, you know, picking up pole dancing maybe five years ago, pole dancing is a, quite a universal um, sport, actually. It's pretty taboo in Malaysia, but actually in other countries, it's pretty much um, out there. So it could be one of the experiences that I would take up, meaning to say going to a different studio in Bali, for example, just to drop in for their classes. It could be a form of activity. Actually, I haven't seen any of your posts in a while. Yeah, I'm still doing it um, around maybe five days a week. 
Five days a week? That sounds like a job. <laughs> yes. I actually teach, so you can consider it as my second job. Oh, that's wonderful. Are there like certification courses for this training? So for my studio, we actually came from the Australian franchise. So we actually do have a syllabus that we follow. So our teachers all go through that syllabus of training. And I'm surprised that you still haven't traveled for this. I know. Given it's such a big part of your life. Yeah. But sometimes when you go for a holiday, you just want to like relax, <laughs> let my calluses rest. Heal, yes. <laughs> do you have any travel tips or hacks that you'd like to share? Something that you do or how you pack? Yeah, so sometimes when you're going for an overnight trip, for example, and we went for the steam train, I think it's a popular like a day out trip. So they actually do sell that ticket, like a train ticket for like a cheaper price versus if you buying it like separately. Mm. So what is included in the pass? I think it's just more of like a two days for one price kind of a, a deal. And uh, they actually give like a really cute little um, travel ticket that looks like a safe, safety amulet or some, something like that. I'll find oh. a picture and send it to you. So that's like a, it became a merch that you wanted to collect. I see. Yeah, Japan is also very good at this, Taiwan as well, especially like making stamps, having these passport kind mm -hmm. of uh, collectibles, no, yeah. wherever you go. Um, but in terms of travel passes, do you take those like city passes? Have you bought any of those train passes as well? If it's the trip is a little bit more like um, relaxed and I don't like, have like a set date, I'm going to go here and here, then I probably wouldn't. But if it's like an activity like um, Tokyo Labs. Uh, team Labs. Yeah, Team Labs. Mm -hmm. Things like that that you can really purchase online and you got to like secure a particular timing. Just get all of that out of the way first. Did you go for Team Labs? Yep. And I think oh. they're closing down, right? They're closing down what? to make way for another one. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make way for a new, like, experience. Yeah. Experience! I know! <laughs> but yes, for those who are not familiar with Team Labs, they create very interactive tech and art combined. It's hard to explain until you see it, but when you see it, you know, I think. Yeah, so there was one room that we're just walking in barefoot, it's literally like a swimming pool, but up to your ankles. And they were projecting lights of like fishes swimming around. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's tech and art. It's, it's genius. Yes, and they're pretty much world leading in this department. So everybody else tries to copy what they do. Can you think of a place that you've been to that you would say still hasn't gotten as much attention, but you feel that it should? I would say Myanmar, actually. I had a friend, uh, I have a friend, I met her in the UK when I was studying, she was actually, uh, I think like my housemate, uh, so she's Burmese, and um, I would really never thought of going to Myanmar uh, until I actually met her, and uh, I think we went sometime around April, a few years back, and don't know if you know this, but they also celebrate Songkran in Myanmar. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, so they also had the water festival. So we just piled on her dad's um, four-wheel drive and just went around town, splashing people with water. Oh. And it's a bit more like, it's more playful versus like, I'm going to take a you know, water gun and going to shoot you down. And, and also when you pass different, different um, condos or houses, 
it's actually their tradition to give you food because they're all about that sharing community. I think that was quite nice. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. And I think a lot of people haven't really thought of going to Myanmar as part of their destination. But the food's good, the people are nice. It's just a, it's actually quite a gem. Mm, I would say yes. Apart from Japan, is there any place you'd like to return to? Um, I went to Sri Lanka once for work. Oh, for so, work? Yeah, for work. Um, but that was just about it. And I was planning to go um, to visit the safari, mm-hmm. take the train and things like that. But um, COVID happened, so I couldn't... Um, I mean, my tickets were just refunded, uh, oh, credited no. again. Yeah, so I haven't really been back there yet. I would really love to go there. Um, and I think recently it's, it's, being o- it's becoming okay to yes. travel back to Sri Lanka. I think I saw one of our colleagues recently went there. And man, it just sparked that itch to replan my Sri Lanka trip, to be honest. Mm. Have you been? Ah, yes, yes. Wow, what's the top three experiences? Top three. So hard to choose. There's so many things that are pretty magical about it. No, uh, Probably driving around, like going to Nuwara Ilia and seeing the waterfalls on your mountain road. So that is uh, quite lovely. And then getting there and then, you know, taking the train, that famous train, going to the tea plantations. Um, so many beautiful landscapes. And also because I like culture, so many UNESCO World Heritage Sites to visit. Uh, apart from that, of course, seeing the elephants and all the other animals like in their natural habitat almost. And also the food because I also enjoy Sri Lankan food. So I had a wonderful time there. So I would heartily recommend uh, Sri Lanka if you haven't thought of it before. Uh, so whether you like nature, culture. But they even has- have beaches there, right? They do. I did go to one, but then I didn't really swim. (laughs) But of course, they have the seafood um, in some nice towns along the coast, like Gaul. So you can can try those and uh, just take your time around the island. Tips from Abby. Ah, I am not supposed to be the the guest today. (laughs) Okay. Do you buy any souvenirs or take anything back? What do you like to get? Yeah, so I really like postcards. Uh, usually I would send to a couple of friends. I've got a group of friends where, whereby whenever I travel, I would send to these people. And I'll always send one back home as well. Oh, yeah. to your house? Yep, to my house. So like two, three weeks, depending on the post. Yes. Um, it's kind of like a nice way to be briefly transported back to your trip. Remembering when you picked up that postcard, where did you write that postcard, and when did you drop it off? Nowadays, there's so many different different designs. You have designs from like local artists. I think that's really cool. And I think I've got a couple of friends who enjoy handwritten postcards, and they do send one back to me as well. So I think that's just a really nice travel tradition. I, I used to do that, but then nobody sends me back, so I'll send you. <laughs> You'll be in my postcard friends list. Oh, that would be too sweet. And like. Also, because you need to take time to go to the post office, you know, have it stamped, etc. But I think one of it I, I enjoy is looking at how their post office is like and also their stamps. Like different countries have different stamps and that's really just nice to have as a, as a collection, I would say. What do you write on the postcard for yourself? It really depends on that day. If I'm having a bad day, okay, that generally is no bad day, but it's just more of like a recap of what I did or like my top highlights. Mm. There is no bad day. 
I no. think you uh, live a semi-charmed kind of life. I Michelle? guess so. There's no bad days. There's only good days and learning days. Oh, I love that. There are no bad days, only good days and learning days. Yeah. So on those learning days, what kind of lessons have you learned? I think if something happens, um, it could be a bum on the road, but it's okay. It doesn't define an entire trip or it doesn't define an entire day. We just got to remind ourselves that it's not permanent. Just move on. If you had any advice to people who are afraid of traveling solo or just have never gone out of the country before, what would you say? Um, I would say take baby steps. It doesn't mean that you need to practically take a flight out. You can even start small by doing maybe a camping trip nearby um, and try to find that joy in traveling. And once you get that, you are going to be traveling nonstop. I think the first part is making a, a decision to either book a flight or book an accommodation. I think that's the first thing. Once you've done it, like there's no turning back. You just got to go with it. So that forces you to kind of like pick up that travel bug. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. And if you've picked up a new idea for your next trip, tell a friend about this podcast. Any last words, Michelle? All good. Thank you for having me, Abby. And I'm looking forward to write my next, next postcard to you. Oh, thank you so much. And this has been All Stars in Transit with me, Abby, where I talk travel and just did with the people working behind the scenes here at AirAsia. Life's a trip. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.